Welcome to another edition of Radio Watson, the talk show discussing all things movies, music, games, and pop culture, but uh, something a bit different, well, not different than, uh, well, different today, but not different from what we've done in the past. We're talking about some wrestling, and in particular, it is AEW Double or Nothing uh, 2021, of course, one of their big quarterly pay-per-views, and I'm once again joined by three other members that would uh, make us our own little podcasting four horsemen, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> maybe we could be a better faction than that. Not sure. The Elite? Can we do that? NWO? Uh, something? Wait, did you just say the Elite is better than the four horsemen? Did you? Is that is that now uh, by law for the your quote, opinion? That's a quote we can put on hey, the internet. Hot takes are just opinions. Deal with it. <laughs> I'm joined by the Explosion Network Triple Threat. Well, can't say Ashley Triple Threat. Hobley. Can't say Triple Threat. Yeah. It's a three-way joint. <laughs> you, you want me to? You want me to say that we're a, we're in a three-way? Yeah, we're a three-way. It's fine. We're in a four-way. Okay. <laughs> our, Not our, a fatal our, four-way, just a normal. No, you can't say that either. Trip I imagine. At, <laughs> our pack trip at the end of the year has just got a lot more interesting. <laughs> I'll bring the oil. I'll bring the Turkish <laughs> sling oil. Kieran Nakazawa. Wow. <laughs> we're joined. By a triple threat of Explosion and Network members, one Ashley Hobley, Kieran Marchin, and Dylan Blight. How are we all, gentlemen? Good. I just finished the show, so I'm pumped. Ready to talk about it. Yeah, you're hot, hot off the press. We've been, uh, had it, you know, the rest of us have been able to stew on it for the last we were, couple of hours. We were the true marks that watched it live. and uh... I was at work! That doesn't make me a non-mark! <laughs> you should have just <laughs> locked the door for the, the petrol station for three hours and just, like, <laughs> put, a, put, a, put a top hat outside and be like, leave your FBOS cards of money in the hat when you're finished with your petrol. <laughs> Kayfabe. Kayfabe. <laughs> the honesty rule. Um, yeah, so, uh, massive show. It was double or nothing. Of course, it was the return of live crowd, which I think um, straight off the bat, I think we can talk about that uh, as a big talking point because, man, did the show just feel like it had um, a different kind of energy or presence around it, having a live crowd, even from, you know, all the way from the the, the pre-show or the buy-in from Serena Deeb to uh, to Rio, all the way to the main event um, with the inner circle and the pinnacle facing off in um, the stadium stampede. The crowd, it... it I've forgotten what wrestling is like with a crowd in attendance, and it just elevates wrestling tenfold. How did everyone else feel? Uh, it was really weird on uh, Friday, what, no, our Saturday, whatever, just watching Dynamite with the amount of people there, and that was something. But then, and that felt weird. So that, I guess that was sort of a, a setup for this. But then, uh, as soon as this kicked off, just having the full crowd, um, and then. Just you could tell a lot of people were obviously eating it up, and honestly, I actually think I don't know if it was just because of the stadium or because everyone seemed closer or you know what it was, but the crowd here just seemed bigger than even watching Mania. You know what I mean? Like I don't know, there was just something more intimate about the crowd setting here, or maybe Mania's they were just louder very, or something. I don't know. The, the thing is, Mania is very spread out when they're using these football stadiums. So they have people that are, you know, up in the top stands. They are so far away from anything. It's it's like you you would be... The, the chanting and the overall crowd noise would be less compressed than it would be at Daly's Place. 
And I think they do a fantastic job of having that at Daily's Place. I think they do a great job with having the kind of that back set audience up on like the higher stage, like next to the entrance. I thought that was a really nice touch for the um, the setup. Um, I think this had a, like a good mo. Like I think overall it's great. I was actually a little disappointed with the crowd at Dynamite. I thought they were a little bit, I don't want to say quiet, but it wasn't quite the wrestling crowd that I wanted. And this was definitely the wrestling crowd I wanted. Um, I think it was interesting because the crowd definitely died off during the uh, Rhodes and Gogo match, I think, and they hit a bit of a lull in terms of energy for a little while. And then I think that, for me personally, it felt like that carried on until the Britt Baker match, where I think those two performers dug the crowd back into and then everybody just rode that momentum for the rest of the show and it was fantastic. So I think that was probably the, I don't want to say the negative, but the downside of having that crowd is for the audience at home, for like the viewer at home, it's it's very obvious when, not only when you're watching a match, sometimes you get that, is this just not hitting right? Like, is there something wrong with this match? And when there is that live live crowd there, you kind of get that feedback from them as well. You're like, oh, wait, they're not quite into this either. So My one thing I'd say to that is I think having not had crowds for so long that our brains are all just tuning in more to what the crowd is doing more so than maybe it feels just regularly the crowds hadn't disappeared where you're like, are they not into this? Like, I feel like even I, you know, you kept, if they seem quiet, I'm like, are they not liking this? You know, like it was just added factor that my brain kept being attracted to like are they not liking this match are they liking this match like what's the what's the go you haven't really had to, to think about that for so long i guess yeah what, what do you think ash oh uh, yeah it was i mean it was obviously good to have crowds back i wasn't that focused on the, the crowds at all but it was nice to like hear chanting and and stuff stuff that we haven't really been able to hear uh in the last few months or almost a year so you know it was. It was so. It brought a tear to my eye when they all started chanting "fuck you, Don." It was. It was also. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Don. <laughs> it. It was also. It was a, a sort of reminder that so many, so many uh, wrestlers that are currently on the AEW roster that I fucking love, and I um, for me are just now massive parts. Of the have AEW never been roster, in front of a crowd. Have never been in front of those crowds. Like man, Max Max Caster, Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston was so fucking over, and it's like, yeah, man, you haven't him. done this in front of a crowd yet. Like, fuck, this is... Uh, like, this, these people have garnered so much love and so much um, kind of pushing power behind them just without having crowds there. So um, to see that and, like, having the Jungle Boy win tonight, I think, in front of that crowd was absolutely fantastic. I think... Um, I don't want to jump ahead too far, but he seemed to get the loudest pop, in my opinion, out of anyone. Like... When he, as far as like a win, his his the cheers for him winning that seemed louder than even when Brit Brit won. Uh, I don't know. I think they're pretty close together. Like I thought Brit's mm. pop was pretty good, and then you have the on top of that, you have the crowd kind of going a little bit crazy for the um, Shivani hug afterwards. I think is uh, like <laughs> the most wholesome shit ever. Um, so yeah, it's just it is what it is. Yeah. So yeah, let's talk about talking. You know, piggybacking off the, the the crowd discussion and what you were saying before about the kind of the lull in in the middle and they started hot. Um, and the crowd can definitely have, do two things, and that's elevate a match or segments to you know just give it a little bit extra bump. And like you were saying before, it can also kind of be a bit of a downer and highlight that oh, this is not jamming quite well. Um, what did you make of, because one of the things that I was really starting to get worried about, first of all, was the match placement with the stadium stampede taking place last after the AEW world title match. And then as it was going on, I'm like, wait, is this all taped? 
and I was getting really worried as it was happening. Like, is this how you end your live show? But, um, they, they brought it around and I didn't expect that kind of to happen when they started fight, you know, pre- transition into this pre-tape segment into a live segment and then bring it all the way back to the ring, which I thought was a good differentiator from, um, the, the first one. stadium stampede and also a great way to kind of bring it back to the crowd, get the reaction and then finish it in the ring. So, um, yeah, what, what did everyone think? I guess we'll start with Stadium Stampede because it closed out the show. And, uh, you know, it's always going to be one of those most uh, divisive kind of matches uh, when it comes to certain fan bases. Um, what do you make of Stadium Stampede? Was it better than the first one? Uh, was it what you expected? What do you think, Ash? I don't think it was as good as the original. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just I don't think the tone quite worked. I think it was maybe a bit too serious, obviously, other than the MGF, MJF uh Jericho bits, which were a bit, little bit more comic, uh, like in the first version, there was a lot more com- comedic moments and that kind of stuff. Um, it, yeah, it was just kind of an odd ending, I think. The because last time it felt obviously the elite took everybody out, whereas this time there were still like free agents roaming around, so it didn't it didn't have like a satisfying finish, really. You know what I mean? It's like. Mm. Yeah, cool, Sammy beat Sean Spears, but what about... With the last time we saw uh, FTR and Centennial or Ortiz, they were going down elevators, and you never cut back to them again. It's like weird storytelling, I think. Like, missing moments and that kind of stuff. It felt a little bit forced, like, bring them back to the crowd. Um, maybe it would have been better just to have a full cinematic match and do it before the World Championship match. That would be the live thing to close with the crowd. So yeah. yeah. What does everyone else think? Before Karen? before I go into my actual thoughts, I want to pitch you what I was hoping was going to happen as I was watching this. Because it started with like how they left off with uh, Jake Hager and Wardlow, where um, Jake got tossed through the wall and he goes through the wall. I'm like, man, how cool would this be? If like we go through all these segments and at the end of each segment, each inner circle member gets kind of left in a position where they're down really bad or something's happened to them and they have quote-unquote lost that segment we go back into the ring when mjf has chased jericho into the ring jericho is now surrounded by the rest of the inner circle they look like they're gonna win and then jericho all of a sudden like grabs a mic and he goes guys remember we're the inner circle you have to kill us to actually take us down and like all of the inner circle then come out at the same time and we have a big brawl on the live and we finish there where everybody's involved in the finish right like we don't have this weird sean spears sammy guevara match to kind of well match ending to finish the event like that was my biggest weird thing was that it it kind of it started i thought it started kind of oddly like the the grab the rappelling down was like terrible it was kind of like man this would be really cool if that was more coordinated and it happened quicker it's like but it didn't wrestling and rappelling should just not be go together anymore and also like the mjf bit i was like it's clear that the rest of the pinnacle are not in that limo because if they were why would they still be in the limo so we had that that broke down or whatever but um i saw some people uh kind of complaining that the match was too uh, gimmicky or too fake in many ways, or there was two kind of outlandish spots, and I'm like, guys, last year's Stadium Stampede had the fucking Pool of Reincarnation segment, where Matt Hardy kept getting changed into different versions of himself, yeah. because he had replaced the water in the pool at the freaking stadium. Like, 
why do you people care? Like, I yes, the um the weird chair segment with Sean Spears sat in the spotlit room by himself was a little bit camp for my liking. But I think overall, look, he got the spot. One of the spots I wanted desperately was Sammy Guevara in a golf cart chasing somebody and running somebody over because I was like, man, that is full circle from his whole ordeal last year with the Stampede event. Um, and, and if I only well. faces get to use golf carts is now a yeah, cool. yep. That's yeah. Faces definitely get to use golf carts. Um, and I, I wanted, I wanted Sammy to win, and I wanted Sammy to have the best showing in this personally because I'm like, man, this needs to be the match that propels him forward as you know, properly being the future. He's had a couple stumbles with the the Matt Hardy match with the audio about Sasha Banks that happened a while ago that he got suspended for. Um, like this needs to be, I thought his push forward and, and for him, I think it is a good push. Um, the pinnacle could have been helped a lot more in terms of looking stronger. Um, I, I was, uh, like there was just segments. I was like, wow, we're not cutting back to Santana on Ortiz versus FDR right now. Like, why aren't we going back to that? That was actually, that was probably one of my favorite, better segments of it when they were fighting in that bar. Like, I thought, you know, when the, I was like, man, I, I don't mind this. Why aren't we going back? Um, we spent a lot of time with uh, Hager and Wardlow, and I'm like, these prob- these two probably should have had the, the shorter and sweeter segments because it's Hager, and Hager isn't the most amazingly uh, interesting wrestler in the world. Um, but I thought overall I liked it. I the right thing happened. I would have been, I would have been very odd about the choice if they had decided to put the pinnacle over and disband the inner circle because it's mm. like, man, you guys have just turned these people face. Um, at the same time, I do we think right? How 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 shoot do you think Jericho's arm is? Because like either because it just I don't know. It was the only thing that I was like. Man, this would have been way better if Jericho was 100%. Like, for me personally, I think Jericho um, would have been better in those segments with MJF. Uh, but at the same time, MJF got put through a glass window, which was great. I love it. You can do that more often. Um, and I think they had great moments throughout it. So, um, yeah, I think... And, and I, I love the fact that they came back to the live audience. Mm. I, I, I even though Even though for all my criticism in terms of the ending being kindly weird and not having the right polish, which I think was a theme in some of the matches that didn't have more experienced people in them, which I don't know if there's a running theme of who maybe was the producer for these segments, but um, just didn't have a cohesive storyline. But at the same time, I thought the crowd was hot as fuck at the end of that. Like that moment of having the inner circle, having the inner circle putting Sammy over for winning, um, I think was um, was a great moment. And, and at the end of the day, it was a great segment to finish um, double or nothing on. Yeah, and it was redemption for the surrender, obviously. And I think that's one of the reasons why it did finish that way because of, you know, Kenny going over. That's kind of not how they wanted to close it out. But um, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I probably still would have liked to have seen the title match close. What do you think, Dylan? Uh, yeah, I don't. I didn't love the placement. I just, I prefer the world title to just always close. That's that's just how it feels right in my head. So um, also, like, I enjoyed this. I thought it was fine, but it's still the worst cinematic match that AEW's had. Um, I think maybe the missing ingredient is Matt Hardy. <laughs> like, I like we don't really know who... He, we know, like, Tony Khan helps do these things behind the scenes, and obviously he's involved and whatever else. But 
we don't know who else is the connecting factors, and I'm just going to presume it's Matt Hardy as he's like, especially because he helped plan and do the uh, the first um, the first one. So uh, MJF and Jericho, their stuff, great, loved loved all that. That had comedy in it. It had you know the ongoing. Those two are just like have great chemistry back and forth. Um, I actually laughed out loud at the part where Jericho grabbed the microphone and just screamed right in MJF's uh, MJF's <laughs> face. And then like them uh, getting past the basketballs by the coach or whatever of the team and all that sort of stuff. Like, all of that was fantastic. God. Football, sorry. Um, yeah, they, I thought all of that was fantastic. So I <laughs> really enjoyed that. Um, and then I, I, I didn't even mind the Sean Spears chair room. In the scheme of these matches, I didn't think that's any weirder than anything else that sort of happened. So that didn't really bother me. Um, and I liked the finish. I liked the fact that it came back to the to the live crowd. I liked the fact that it actually just ended in ended in the ring there. I liked having Sean just spear like him just be like Sammy no, <laughs> and, that's, and then you get the the uh, fucking was it six thirty or six twenty six thirty centons six thirty okay, yeah. I, I like the finish. I like that Sammy was the one who got to do the finish. I like that Sean was the one who took the pin there. Like, I like the fact that they're being pushed to be potential, continue as the heads of these feuds. Like, because you can't just have MJF and Jericho just be the, like, the continuing heads of this feud or whatever. Um, I did not enjoy Wardlow and Hager. Did not really enjoy the tag team face-off either. Like, I like the funny little disco setting or whatever the hell it was. But none of the actual spots or anything like that were interesting to me. So I thought those three on each teams were the the letdown. Whereas Sean Spears and Sammy and MJF and Jericho were the the best parts. It looks like a shitty strip club at about three or four AM. Yeah, with like this most random ass <laughs> DJ, which is Conan, I, I, yeah. and disco lights that are just random. I played around the idea of tweeting because I was like, man, I want to tweet this, but also I don't know if it is best. So feel free to cut this if it isn't. But like looking at um, Dax, Cash, and um, Tully. And Tully. Just with what they were wearing in that club, I'm like, man, you guys look like you want to join the YMCA or something because like. Man, could Tully's sleeves uh, have been any larger? Those like, sleeve holes. Just like the and the handkerchiefs tied around their neck, so I was like, "What is going on here?" <laughs> yeah. And I'd say Conan's Conan's uh, last appearance was a bit more entertaining in the Las Vegas or where, wherever it was where he had a cameo. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I, I would have liked to have seen the world title match close the show. Um, I agree about the Jericho and. MJF stuff kind of dominating and, and being the best parts of it. Um, that would have been cool. Um, if, like you were saying before, Kieran, if they'd all kind of come to the ring and, and had that had that moment, that would have been awesome. But, um, yeah, it was at least good that they came back to the live crowd as well. So, yeah, I kind of liked the other stadium stampede more, but I guess that comes down to um, the participants and the elite being able to offer that more BTE-style comedy because mm-hmm. um, they already have that mixed in, whereas it's a bit hard with the Pinnacle because of their hard They're a lot more serious. Real, 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 real wrestlers. Yeah. So um, it was always going to be a bit of an uphill battle to kind of blend the, you know, kind of juggle the tone uh, properly. I think they did okay, but um, yeah, not as great as the other one from last year, but um, I think it was still good and it had its moments, but... Um, 
maybe there's some other stuff that they could have uh, hit on a bit better. It's a weird mix because MJF is perfect for these sorts of matches, but like FTR are a prime example of a team that probably shouldn't be doing these matches. Like they're yeah, just ultra and- serious tag team wrestlers trying to do a, a match like this. It doesn't really work I don't think. they don't they didn't look comfortable doing it either like they didn't look like they were quite in their element and and th- going into this i was wondering if this was going to be a more brutal and hard-hitting affair when we look back at the backstage spot from what like three four no just before blood and guts where like the where um, the inner where the in circle was in the bathroom in the bathroom like i thought this was going to trend more to be like that which was a very brutal affair overall like there was a lot of more hard-hitting spots. Um, I thought this would trend more to that than lean into the comedy of last year's Stadium Stampede, Stampede to suit the pinnacle a little bit more. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it was good. It was just maybe it was just missing some kind of things that would join it up and make it more coherent. Well, look, you're not going to have one of these next year. I'm going to put that down as a prediction right now. They they did a second one. They basically wanted to finish out and do double or nothing at. Um, in Jacksonville, I feel too, as a another like sort of reward here, you can have our first. Uh, we we won't go do this somewhere else because they probably could have if they wanted to, but it mm. felt like we'll do double or nothing here as a reward. Like we'll do our f- big audience; it will be used. You have supported us for the last year. You're going to get this. You're going to get the second stadium stampede. You know all that sort of thing. But you're not going to get another one of these. I just don't think that's going to be a thing. Mm. Maybe on dynamite, break. not on a pay per view. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Uh, let's move on to uh, the world title match, Kenny Omega versus Park versus uh, Orange Cassidy in the first three-way uh, world title match that Double or Nothing has had. Uh, I was very careful with my wording there, Ash. Um, <laughs> this was... I don't know what I expected from it because I felt like the, pretty, um, the result was going to be so predictable with Kenny Omega winning, but I didn't expect it to be this intense and awesome. So they, um, it really shocked me. They Even I shouldn't me. be shocked. They got me so with so many near falls for Orange Cassidy. There were a couple towards the end there where I was like popping, like holy fucking shit! I thought they were gonna pull the trigger and put the title on him. Even though the my wrestling, <laughs> the, <laughs> even though my wrestling brain goes, no, no, Kenny has to keep the title here because they're building Fred and Page the fan in me was like man they they've done a really great job of uh of uh, making me buy into orange possibly winning the move that got me was the avalanche falcon arrow from pack which was just the most <laughs> absurd move um that was just fantastic so. there was a lot of hard hitting moves in this match <laughs> that's for sure <laughs> can, yeah. can i can i just say and this happens every time with park and i don't know why but I sit and watch a park match and I go, fuck, that guy's amazing. Can he just, can they just keep him away from like tag team stuff and multi-man stuff? Like I, I, he's good with the death triangle stuff, but I'd love him just to be a through and through singles competitor because he's just. They won't so because they can't force him too far down the singles path because then people go, why doesn't he have a belt? You know, like they need to, they hover him around it, but they can't. It's the same as Miro. Like the second they put him down that road, he just got a belt straight away because. What, how do you have Miro bouncing around not winning a belt? I don't know. I think Park's a little... In my opinion, Park's a bit different. I think Park can... He's like, uh, if we go to even his feud with Orange Cassidy last year, um, which even a feud, it was just one match in the end. At which I hope they're going to reignite now. Yes, definitely. Mm. Um, but I think 
he's a character that can and a performer that can add stakes without needing a belt there all the time. And I think he has a belt in his future. I definitely think he has a belt in his future. I would even like to see him go into the TNT title picture because I think he's at at, the, at this point in time he's a maven level star and if you're like okay you guys keep staying that th- like in the press releases and the media they keep being like there's no difference between the belts we every belt is a prize it's like you need to start putting some of these talents in that picture then start putting I think like, he's just uh, way too good for that i think it's it's world title a bust for him but i feel like ugh, i don't know like i would love to see him just more often which I don't know for his schedule. I don't know what he, how, where he's staying, or if he's traveling between England or whatever. Or because I'd like to see him more on elevation, and maybe with them adding Rampage, we're going to see more of him going forward. But mm. I'd love to see him against more up and coming talent as well. Like, have has there been Pack versus Darby Allen yet, or um, like Sammy Guevara, no. like no. Jungle Boy? Sammy like doesn't Jungle wrestle. He only does pay-per-view matches. well that's the thing i want I, I that's that's a whole side thing where i'm like man sammy you just need to start putting sammy out there and let him do his thing again but yeah it's just i want more pack because that guy's fucking amazing he's so yeah. fucking good ash yeah this was a fantastic match uh <laughs> legitimately thought orange cassidy could win at certain points thought pack could win at certain points um yeah just a really great multi-man match um but all three guys put on a fantastic job, probably match of the night, uh, you know, and the crowd was really into it. <laughs> so, that, yep. yeah. Yeah. And fucking Don Callis. Still <laughs> ruining it. It was cool to hear the Terminator claps again. Um, and the other thing I loved was, like, when he went outside and, like, Don got the, was looking for the belt. He didn't grab the AEW belt. I'm like, why would he? not grab the AEW belt to hit him with. And then I he grabs the other belt and then a second belt. And I'm like, oh my God, he's going through four belts. This, this is the most absurd it was, thing It was in seen. order from least important to most important. Yeah, that's what I thought. It was like that's the AAA like, title, then the impacts. The, and then, then the X Division title win. Yeah. And it was like, I was like, man, because I remember, uh, I don't know if any of you guys saw a little while ago, fucking Bully Ray was whinging on um, the, he wasn't his radio the show that he wasn't wearing the the impact belts and was making them look lesser, um, which, you know, led to Kenny Omega the next week wearing, like, all three strapped up his torso because <laughs> he was like, fuck you guys. Um, but, no, and, like, it, it was, yeah, just fucking... Fuck, I've never seen a spot with uh, Puck, so, like, with, with the Brutalizer on Orange Cassidy... Kenny Omega kicks him twice. He screams in Kenny's face, and Kenny has to turn and hit the referee. That's great. <laughs> Instead, I was like, "Man, that's fucking gold! Like that is so good." And they had a call back to um, Park putting Kenny in the brutalizer from when he made him pass out at the first double or nothing, which was like an amazing moment as well. So there's a couple of little good nods to their their previous history, and then Aubrey comes out to uh to almost save the day. And uh, get the get the cover for uh, Orange Cassidy, but then yeah, the crucifix pin reversed. Is that one of the over. best ways you can put your baby face over, especially with Orange Cassidy when you're building up into being top level talent? Is make him have a segment, a section where he should have the belt. Like he ha- he has the pin. There's no referee there. Everybody in the audience knows if there's a referee there, he has the belt. Then turn it over on him. So you, so Orange Cassidy is now a main event guy that people can say fuck that dude could have actually won the the top 
surprise and have people see him that way instead of he keeps having these moments of greatness and then kind of maybe falling in a little bit too much among the best friends where it's like no have the best friends there but he needs to be a standalone talent that is you know he himself is always the attraction as well um yeah so this this is matched my match of the night it was fantastic i i was it's it's so hard because obviously you know kenny kenny fan but also when you're an orange cassidy fan you're just like well i kind of don't want kenny to lose but then when there's several times where orange seems like he's gonna win i'm like very conflicted emotionally about how i would feel if that got to a three count like i'll be like am i cheering or am i upset about this result but yeah i i definitely feel like the standout takeaway from this match other than you know the stuff you all talked about and just how many great spots and how hard hitting it was and all this sort of stuff was that not only did the like Tony Khan and other AEW heads decide that Orange Cassidy deserves to be in the first uh, three-way AEW world title match and deserve to be in a world title match in general, but they also really showcased and said we would put the belt on him. Well, they seem to go, you know, like it seemed to be like we will put the belt on him for for all you people out there who are like. You know, Orange Cassidy, he's, like, pretty good, but he's not a main event star. He'll never be a main event star. It's not going to happen. You know, like, that sort of mentality. Like, this match was very much a... We, we think he is. Like, I, I think that's the big takeaway, that the heads of AEW think that Orange Cassidy is a big enough talent. And look, if you look at what's been happening with him over the past 12 months, it shouldn't be that shocking. The fact that he had this major feud with Jericho and he's been headlining all these other events. And, like, he's always been at the top of the card. The fact he, the fact he should have won or potentially could have also won the TNT title by now at some point. Um, he had the, the timeout or what, uh, the 20-minute time limit. Um, like, that's another thing. So he keeps getting so close to winning all the belts uh it's you know it's just a surefire thing that's going to happen at some it's point and then it's going to be yeah. even more satisfying when he actually does it <laughs> when he wins he'll be the most over fucking person with that belt and it'll be one of the most interesting reigns it doesn't matter what belt it'll just it'll just be great but yeah i, I mean like as soon as this match started it's just so much to enjoy from everyone's entrance and then just it's such a like you I don't want to turn this into a whole like AEW versus WWE thing, but like looking at the three different types of people in the ring competing for this, for the their biggest title, you're like, this is kind of crazy. You know, you got Kenny Omega coming in doing his, doing his thing. And even he's not like considered a quote unquote, like typical, you know, big wrestler guy, yeah. heavyweight pack is that heavyweight in out of the three of them. He's the one you look at and go, he is just fucking made of muscle. You know, like his <laughs> legs would crush your head. Like a fucking, yeah. yeah, I know, but like, King but, of but, and he was on but the I'm, saying, show. I'm saying in this, uh, like in this ring, like he's the one who's like his legs would fucking pop you. And then Orange Cassidy is like, you know, raining from wherever, wherever, just walks in the ring, thumbs up, walks away. You know, like it's just such a like, <laughs> like everyone's just, personalities are so clashing. It's uh, it's great. I love it. I love the idea of him one day winning a belt and having that belt live inside a backpack. <laughs> well, like, he's just I, he's I, just I gonna go. It just like it, like he'll just maybe like slightly pull it out of the bag and then put it back in the bag and like <laughs> yeah. just be like carrying it around like that is that's so good. Like I just there's just so yeah. much with him that's just that's so my but that is my big there. takeaway of the match is just like it to, to me this match is sort of a showcase of why one of the reasons why I love AEW so much, which is the the variety and different types of people who get to to showcase their skills and talents and like throughout this one match you have all these hard hitting moves but you also have orange cassidy putting his hands in his pockets and you know all the all these sorts of things that just 
So <laughs> just the weird, weird can, nonsensical like, sort of stuff. Can I just with his po- with his hands in his pockets, that man can end up on his feet no matter how he lands, and it's fucking insane. Like I could not imagine how long he must have trained or gotten used to just doing everything with his hands in his pockets. But holy shit, he like man is like really impressive with that kind of stuff. And I think you know what I think John Silver was onto it. You need to rip those pockets out at the start of the match. <laughs> yeah, and the, the four belts finish at the end was uh, fantastic as well. To fucking smack, yeah, one by not just re. I love the fact it wasn't just pick up the belt and use it again. Get past a completely different belt because I've got enough. Just just to showcase how much of a belt collector I am. I should. Just, it's a hashtag belt collector finisher at this point. But also, it sells Park as well at the same time because the amount of belt shots it took for him to yeah. get cancelled out of the match. It's good shit. Yeah. And, um, you know, add to that narrative of, like, Pac just getting screwed over once again, that this shouldn't have been a triple threat, um, or three-way, sorry. And, uh, <laughs> you know, just keeps getting screwed out. The 20-minute the draw he had against Moxley, um, you know, uh, like a year plus ago, and then losing the number one contender match to Moxley on the Jericho Cruise and just all that, that stuff that's happened to Pac where he's kind of just, like being screwed around, even the Iron Man match too. So that's fantastic narrative. Moving forward, all the elite came out uh, and the good brothers and everyone, they celebrated. It was fantastic. Um, they all had the gold. But well, I guess we'll speak about that now. And that was the Young Bucks versus Eddie Kingston and John Moxley earlier on in the show. Boy, if uh, the triple threat yeah, wasn't your match of the night, then geez, this this is probably going <laughs> to come yeah, close. This is number two on mine, so yeah. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah it, it, it was amazing. My favorite moments of this match was definitely like the Hardy Boys kind of tag team move that they did um, to kind of mock the, 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 the better than the Hardys. That of course, they've been had this running inside joke about their bio. There was a cool hot tag once again from Matt Jackson uh, to himself. There was just some, <laughs> just some amazing moments. And then Moxley just surviving... <laughs> all those was that those four kicks. BTE triggers I think to take him down at yeah. the end or yeah and then the mocking of Roman Reigns like the the, the, the shield powerbomb um, <laughs> when they they mocked him with the, the shield fist that was fantastic <laughs> as well um, and then the Bucks were doing like rest holds watch out Jim Cornette psychology in their matches <laughs> <laughs> cheering so uh, it had everything what do you make of this one Ash yeah this was really good fun um, disappointed that Moxley and Kingston didn't win. Kingston was like way over, like you said earlier in the show. Like you would have thought Moxley would have been the one everyone's cheering for, but no, it's Kingston's name that they were crying out for. Uh, yeah, they were really fun. You know, beating. I think it was Matt behind the ref's back, <laughs> pretending to tag and everything. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that that was a really cool moment. Yeah. Um, and then even they, even they like beat up on Brandon Cutler before the match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was just that was just great. And Nick Jackson with his dyed hair. Oh, what, I like it. I like it. And the beard he's growing in and everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> way, way to make himself more more, more like a fuckwit. Good job. Love it. <laughs> they do all the wrong. piercings now, nose piercing and all that sort of shit. He's, <laughs> I, I, quick, my quick note before I go to Kieran is just that he, out of the two of them, is the best at adapting to this whole heel like. I love the young bakes as well, but I gotta say, like, he his personality switch is the most I think between. It's the most when, obvious because when he's a face, it was just a lot more docile. Like it was yes. just very calm. Like it wasn't like too, you know. But now that he, he he eats his shit up, you can tell this is his this bread and butter. <laughs> he has a great <laughs> resting bitch face. 
Yeah. As I've always said, heel bucks are best bucks. Like heel bucks are so entertaining to watch. They're so funny and like it's just right down to their little things. Like I got myself looking at their tights, which were fucking amazing. I don't know if anybody paid enough attention to them. Pocket. But they want pocket. But like, like yeah, they had like tights. squares, but they just had pockets in quotation marks over the top of them. Or like the fact that they weren't actually tights, they were more just like normal pants, but it had tights in brackets over the top of them at the top of them as well. I was like, shit's great. Like just just how like for me the thing that clicked about fuck these guys have actually hit their egotistical sarcasm nature like kind of level for being heel a couple of weeks ago was the um i'm sorry i love you moment like creating <laughs> the fucking sean michaels rick flair moment with christopher daniels and i was like these boys don't give a fuck like there is no bounds to their sarcasm and just fucking around in these matches like just having the shield moments with um john moxley was uh fucking funny like it was just there was so much of just and yes it's great because it often bites them in the ass that they get hit with a move straight after it but just that showboating that 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 panning to the hard cam and fucking around it's just so funny um john moxley might have had the best kick out i have ever seen the like one, his, the one count, or the like the one count yeah that one count was deep into match where he went straight up i was like it's because, like, it, not only did he have the best kicker, I think Moxley might have, like, the best hot tag, just in general. Like, not, not like, be, like, giving the hot tag. Like, he's really good at selling it and, like, putting Eddie in that position where he's already so fire, so just over, and you just put Eddie in that position where he's going to succeed. Um, the fucking, what would, what what did Excalibur say? The Dior... Dior Day's device. <laughs> the Dior Day's device. That was, like, that was so good. Like, Excalibur makes this, I think, this match was fire. This is, you know, you put, this is why you put the Young Bucks in a tag match, especially with John Moxley. Like, I'm even surprised if this match didn't go on first. And, you know, if it wasn't for the fact that you had Brian Cage and Adam Hang and, and Adam Page go out there and put on a fucking stellar singles match to open. This is like your other opener, and I think this is why it was at this point in the show. I think they do such a fantastic job. The fighting segment was so funny. Um, I don't know why it had me in stitches. Maybe just because, and I think it's almost the reward of watching all the extra vlogs with BTs and um, with Sammy's vlog. There was one moment where they were fighting at the back, and John Moxie threw something, and there's just Fuego del Sol looking so fucking surprised in, like, one side, like, just looking on. I'm like, man, if I didn't watch that shit, it wouldn't matter, but I'm just dying with laughter that that little idiot from Burger King has just stood there. <laughs> it's just it's just so funny. Um, but, no, I think the match as a whole, I'm... I really hope they find... I'm One thing I was a, worried about was, man, if this was the over... Like, if this was WWE they would have Kingston turn on Moxley or Moxley turn on Kingston for this match. And so glad that they didn't because I think the two of them together are just fucking gold. And they play off each other so well. They're so interesting dynamically. I think anytime you need an interesting promo done, you just put a microphone with those two and they could just spitball and fuck around. And um, I think this match was gold going into it. And I'm really excited for... Um, prospects for what the Young Bucks have ahead, and I'm very excited for both of these men to see what they've got ahead of them now. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, super fan. Of course, I loved it. What are you going to say? Um, but other than everything you all said, I think my one thing I was really happy about was actually the ending, which was 
Like, I was expecting it to be a great match because it's just like you put a bunch of great wrestlers in a wrestling match, so you kind of expect it to be great. You know, everyone here is fantastic. Uh, but I was, like, very much like, oh, if I was expecting Eddie to take the pin, and I was like, oh, that, I don't really like that idea because it's going to get to this whole stage of, like, Eddie keeps taking the pins and Mox, mm-hmm. are we going to do a stupid storyline where Mox is like, oh, you keep costing me these wins or some bullshit like that. So I'm actually really happy that they chose to Mox um, – to take the pin after those four or five BTE triggers, which just goes to show, you know, how tough a son of a bitch he still is. So it doesn't do anything bad on his card there at all. But um, I'm also now like, this was a fantastic match. Super entertaining. Loved it. Where's Mox and Eddie going now? Can we please like send them in a different direction? I, I really don't want to come to Dynamite and Mox and kinks and are still like well they're like all right well back to trying to kill kenny i guess you know like this whole like chasing down the the late thing i don't think they can do that anymore now that they have named um kazarian the elite hunter yeah well shout out to that when he dived out on um carl anderson so that's yes yeah no when he just calling like kazarian the elite hunter i'm like that's great but moxley and eddie can't do that anymore it has to be frankie so frankie has his motivation going forward so i'm i'm interested to see where they go next i would just like to see these two in singles action but having the other one around the ringside as their manager just or like being at ringside for each other because they seem like the type i think well john of course is probably going to be away for a little bit in very soon because they're about to have a little they're about to have a child so i would presume he would go and spend a couple weeks with them yeah you know who's going to put him out of action though it's not going to be someone in AEW it's going to be someone in uh, GCW (laughs) Uh, most likely it will (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) so that was yeah that was a great match Um, awesome double German suplex spot melter drive to the outside the the, the can to Moxley's head bleeding open oh man just kind of had everything once again um, but moving on to the other big title match that took place, and this was Britt Baker versus Hikaru Shida. Uh, and so many people had tipped Britt Baker to kind of retain here. I think it was quite an obvious choice with Shida holding the belt for so long. But yeah, um, yeah it's just so great to see Britt Baker win the title. Um, she's been an awesome character. And like you were saying before about the crowd reactions, this is the first time we've seen a crowd react to a heel Britt, Britt Baker, and they were absolutely... Uh, in love and she was just so over with the whole dmd thing um there was even 50 50 chance with uh Sheeta and and brit in the match which is quite good for a a character of, of brit's uh annoyance <laughs> and, and gimmick so um i felt a bit slow in, in the match i think like, like you said before kieran earlier on in the show that it was very much like the crowd kind of maybe feeling a bit off because of the whole Cody and a go-go match but I feel like there was a there was a, a, a switch flicked in this match where then it got really rampant towards the end especially when um Rebel uh, hit Brit with the, the that got thing. me I really I really that thought she was going to win like, yeah, I was like was oh second. no yeah. they're going to put they're going to give it to Sheeta I was like dude this is the fastest way to turn Sheeta heel in the world like, <laughs> if she gets this she's getting booed out of the building <laughs> This is this is Roman winning fucking Royal Rumble all over again. This is just <laughs> bad. Like it was just at that point of Baker is over. Like this is a crowd that is saying you need to put the belt on this woman or 
we riot. Like, that is just the feeling that I got from it, and the feeling I got from most of the wrestling public is that she is probably one of the most over... Yeah, it was like, DMD! She died. DMD! She died. Like, it wasn't... And and it was like, I wrote in our predictions. I felt... Writing the prediction, I I felt... I I believe in Britt Baker, and I want Britt Baker to be the champion. I want them to build the women's division around her, because I think she has both the personality and the wrestling ability to be that person in the middle of it, to build it up. At the same time, I feel really bad for Sheeta because Sheeta has carried the belt for a year without crowds and has tried her best to kind of do what she can with the women's division when the winter's division is a little bit directionless at times and a bit floundering for AEW, even though the matches themselves are great story-wise. Anything that isn't to do with Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa has felt really lacking. Um... And so to see Sheeta come out during her entrance today and then go, and then like you could see the emotions hit her as she walked out and she had to take a moment to compose herself. It's like, this meant so much to her. And she said it in promos before that she wants to be the she's, champion. She's been saying for like the last six months that she wants to, can't wait to perform in a packed arena as the yep. women's champion. And it, whenever she said stuff like that, it felt genuine and not as yes. a character thing. So Yes. She was, like, very very emotional at the start of the match. Yeah. Yes. She was close to tearing up straight away. You could tell. Yeah. Which is... um, Which is also good, considering what AEW had to go through on uh, this past week's Dynamite, where they had to fire someone for um, making fun of her accent, so... Mm. Yes. What do you think of their match and the result, Ash? Yeah, it was a solid match. Uh, Yeah. I mean, Britt Baker's, like, but she said it, the internet said it, and it's finally true that she's the face of that division. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, it makes sense. Obviously, you know, now you've got a goal for Sheeta in the future, like to try and get it back. And uh, yeah, we'll see how long this lasts. <laughs> uh, I suspect a yeah. fair while, but yeah, I think it was the right move. And uh, yeah, it was a solid match. The ending was really good. You know. Still mad that she'd look strong because you still had to like cheat to win and stuff. So, yeah, I'd be surprised if they hot swap this title around a bit more, maybe to uh, elevate more people. You up, see, up, I up, don't up, think up the they top. have to. I don't. Think you don't they have, have to, to, but not every champion can win it and then just hold it for a year. It's this weird holding pattern in AEW where every champion is. is holding the belt forever. But I feel like it's the same thing they're starting to do with um, with Omega. Is that so? One of the, the I don't want to say it's a problem, but one of the things around Sheeta's character is because she's a face and she's a very straight face in terms of like the side of morally good and bad. Every match she wins, she kind of has to look really strong winning it. Like she kind of just has to, except for the first match um, against Naya, she kind of has to outright win the match to kind of push that character. And the problem with outright winning the match is is that you quickly churn through opponents. Because it's like, man, you've already beat that person properly, so you go next. At least with Britt Baker being a heel champion, she can weasel her way out of matches mm. and do underhanded tactics so that you build up storylines about it. I think they there is a chance that this won't be a year-long reign, but at the same time, I think this builds a lot of storylines. Of course, the obvious choice for the next female champion is Thunder Rosa, because they've already had that Britt Baker Thunder Rosa kind of blow off matches but maybe they used the future feud between them for Britt Baker to go over in that feud 
because um, you know one of the common things in wrestling is you generally lose a big feud before you go on to win a title which is often what happens so um I'm really excited for the women's division now. I think the women's division has some really good talent. I think they've been picking up um, some great people around the world um, recently, and I think um, we can just build it up now and keep moving forward with it. I want to see Take on Tia's champion. I'm all about it. She's actually she's how far she's come in the last year is actually crazy. Um, I so. Uh, I'm very happy Brit's got the belt. It's very the most predictable result, I think, of the of the night. As we've all said, she's the, been like the most over person, kind of maybe in the whole of AEW that like grown the most over the past twelve months. Her her heel turn and this character change, like, just it's fantastic. Um, I think she won solely because I brought one of her shirts like a couple days before the event, so she could thank <laughs> me later. I don't know, like, I think that's how that works. Um, I thought the match itself though was like pretty avo like it was poorly paced uh came out strong and then it was just poorly paced right through to the finish where things picked up but yeah I, it just something felt off about it and i could, couldn't quite put my finger on what it what it was but it just it wasn't the match that i would like to see she to have in her uh, to reward her like a fantastic match as her final as the the champion it's not really the match i wanted to see Britt baker win the title off either like it was just a, a very average sort of match i was a little bit disappointed in the overall quality of it itself it still didn't ruin the fact that like you know it was still fantastic to see her hold that belt up at the end and all that was great and i'm looking forward to her run and i'm really excited about that and all that sort of stuff but the match the match itself i was i was d- disappointed in mm. yeah it wasn't like their pandemic match which was um amazing the, the one they had almost uh, a year ago now and when you have also have a uh, another women's match even though it was on the buy-in was serena d versus reho which i thought was just like a which is better than ma- this masterpiece yeah. in every way even even from the trading of shots which is something that um was also in the the sheeta baker match but i just feel like the, the d reho match was just like next level um, it's because it serena is like one of the best women's wrestlers in the world probably so it's yeah, it's probably one of the best matches on the whole card, if you're including the buy-in, to yeah. be honest. And one of my um, favourite things, just quickly, is... Oh, I keep saying just quickly, but um, one of my favourite things is... I'm so glad AEW does not turn away from the fact of Britt Baker and Tony Schiavone being actual friends. Like, I love the fact that even though Tony Schiavone is, like, one of the most face-of-face commentators, like, he is still the one that waits at the end of the rave to give her a hug when she wins. And they acknowledge that friendship, even as it started as a very heel friendship in terms of like Britt Baker when she was sending him the messages of what to say on air. <laughs> and it's but it's transitioned to an actual real <laughs> friendship between them on air instead of having to hide that stuff backstage, which I think is really good. Kenny should be yeah. Kenny should also feel quite happy because he's the one who. Uh, the story goes, he's the one that walked up to Britt when she was training in the ring one day and was like, "How would you feel about turning heel?" and she, she was like, uh, I'm not against it. <laughs> like, <sorry. laughs> so good. The other title match on the card, Miro versus Lance Archer. Of course, Miro had only recently won the TNT Championship last week from Darby Allen, um, thanks to some uh, previous week shenanigans from Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Once again, I didn't really see Miro dropping the belt. I don't think any of us predicted um, tipped Lance Archer to win, no. but... Uh, the match itself was uh, a completely different type of match that 
you know, we used By to see AEW yeah. because it's two big guys, just two slabs of meat, just slapping it out instead of your, you know, your whole Wardlow versus Jake Hager thing, which is a close whistle we've got, or even Luchasaurus versus Wardlow. Um, I felt like those kind of things were disappointing, whereas I felt like Miro versus Archer, I could definitely see myself enjoying two to three more of these bouts. I'm not really into return return fixtures uh, so soon, but I'd love to see like a, maybe a continued program. JR said he wanted seven months. of these, so I mean. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great. It is, it is truly like a monster's ball. But like, and it was a great match. I enjoyed it. At the same time, fuck me, AEW. Can you please work out what you want to do with Lance Archer? Because it feels like they never have a proper plan for the guy. It feels like this is the third or fourth time Archer has been worked up to a title match and then have to just get knocked down because it's like we can't take the, the battle off right. the other person. The timing's wrong, yeah. Yeah, like every time. Like it seems to be... Like I actually... Even though this Miro stuff is... Got, <sighs> Miro almost promoted himself into this title. I actually believe that this title was... Um, should have been on Lance Archer because they were building towards um, Darby Allen versus Lance Archer a while ago. But then the Miro stuff came out with the he's not living up to our expectations of a of what he was going to be at AEW that he's been floundering whatever. I feel like that kind of momentum kickstarted him into going this way and getting the title sooner rather than later. Um, that's just my opinion on that. But it's just I'm just kind of over having Lance Archer being this dominant, this dominant even though he's a babyface now in well a tweener. Um, you at the same time it's like. Fuck, I really wish he would stop losing these matches. Even to the point of being, like, choked out unconscious. It's like, yeah, but it does nothing for his character overall. Other than he's looks strong, which I think everybody knows Lance Archer is strong. And you oh. don't have to protect him like that. But Dar- yeah. Darby Allett took him forever to win a title. You know, he lost against Jericho. He lost against Moxley. Uh, he also lost against Cody, like, two or three times. So he... he- that... All that stuff happened in a short period of time, though. It happened over Whereas, a year. It happened over more than a year. <laughs> From the first AEW, he's had like same thing with Jungle Boy. He's had you know title shots here or there. They they definitely have these characters that are like can't win the big one. I feel like I Lance think- Archer is that at the moment, but they need to actually address that and and not shy away from it and not just let the internet be go why build lance archer up they have to go arch has to go i'm not getting the big one what's going on jake or should should i even have jake be in my corner anymore maybe some more friction there or actually do something with his character instead of just like hey lost again he should murder jake roberts i I reckon he should just murder i think the the difference is though that (laughs) uh, darby allen and jungle boy they kind of live. They kind of play into that underdog story of yep. not being able to get that brass ring. Whereas Lance Archer is built as a fucking monster. He's built as a killer. Like he is supposed to destroy people. He's supposed to be the winner. He's supposed. He's like he's supposed to like just run through people. But every time he gets to the big win, he fucking loses. And I think that is more detrimental to him as a character than it is to Jungle Boy or Darby Allen. When they're your plucky upstarts that are going to mm. pick themselves back up and keep plowing through them. But Kieran, like, it's just simple. Everybody can't win all the time. so Yeah, I was about to say, my, my answer no, to all I, this I is... That. I understand that. You've got to have people well. in second place. <laughs> I understand you need to have second place, but it's like when you keep putting the same person in second place... But it's only his second time he's had a... Uh, it's his third time. Is it? I think. 
Yeah, because he had the title shot. Cody. Yeah, TNT. Didn't he have a world title shot? Yeah, he had the first Cody, and then didn't he have a Moxley match? He had a Moxley didn't match. Didn't he win? Yeah, one of the. He had a Moxley matches. match. Did he win the ladder yeah. one? Over. Oh, uh, yeah. No, the Battle yeah, Royale, was... which I forgot about. And then that was the whole Eddie. Th- like, I, I wasn't chucked over yes. the rope. Blah, 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 yeah, blah. and then he had like a flash in the pan. <laughs> yeah, I forgot because uh, it was on Dynamite. Moxley it wasn't a PvP. It wasn't a pay per view, yep. so. Yep. Forgot. And like, but the but both times they've had to the storyline afterwards is him building himself back up to that point where he is eternally on dark or well maybe elevation now destroying somebody in like two minutes and then building his wins up that way. It's just well, a bit. I mean, my, my favorite Lance Archer match is none of the the title matches you're talking about. My favorite match was um, him taking on Phoenix in the um, the, the that was run. Great. That's that, that was, is my favorite match of his. That's the that was like such a weird thing where you're like, how's he going to go with this high flyer dude? But it's, it, it, I think it's his best match he's had in so AEW. That's why I think they need to keep him away from titles for a bit. Let him go feud with other people and get. Yeah, but he's perfect for Miro's first big. That's the thing. You're so, like, I get what you're saying, but also out of all the AEW roster, he was the perfect person to have Miro go up against in this pay per view because they like. It's really good too because I think they needed this because you go from Darby Allen, whose matches basically always play out the same in his defenses, which is he was purposely always put up against someone that's a lot bigger than him. And that's because Darby has this whole thing where I can take so many hits, I can t- withstand all the pain, and then I'll like out endurance my opponent and I'll get like a sneaky win towards the end. That's kind of like Darby's, Darby's thing. So we had that for the last couple of months with that title. Mm-hmm. So now you have someone completely different get the belt, which is Miro, big. Mm-hmm actual monster of a dude and as to what buddy was saying before of like we've seen these big matches but they've never really felt felt right and that's because the people that on the aw roster who are the big dudes they don't actually know how to wrestle to their their stature and um they don't know how to do those sorts of matches correctly in my opinion like you see wardlow versus hager i don't think they, they've done the big man matches correctly like um L- that's Lucha- hager i think yeah, Wardlow does it a lot. Wardlow yeah, does, does it a lot better, but that's why that didn't feel that way. When you're talking about Luchasaurus, Luchasaurus is a big dude, but he doesn't play as a big dude. Like he doesn't play that as his strength. He, other than like the choke slams and stuff, he doesn't actually come across as a big dude. Whereas I think Miro and Lance Archer are the two people in the AEW roster. Um, not even Bright Cage, really. Honestly, it's like it's like Miro and Lance Archer are the two dudes who are like just we're big fucking dudes, and we I'll just. I'll kill you. Like I'll choke slam you and kill you. <laughs> so that's why we've got this match. And yeah, I, I really enjoyed this match. I thought it, it was a, you know, a predictable one. Mira is not going to lose this straight away. That would have been, uh, look, honestly, if Lance had won, I'd be like, holy fuck, I'm shocked, but also cool. Let's go with that. Let's see what, what happens. Like Miro is just going to be so pissed. He can win it back in three weeks. Maybe like, maybe that's what they would have, they would have done kind of thing. But, um, having Mira win this, it was, a, it was a good heavy hitting, match i think they all looked lance and Miro looked great I, it was it was it was just a good match good match i can't believe Miro killed a snake that's a- yeah yeah <laughs> fucking, fucking <laughs> it. And, Ye- and jake roberts i think he killed him too yeah, yeah punched him in the dick <laughs> and anyone else want to add something on this one at all or? no it was fine right result yep yeah definitely the right result best man day. um the other two big matches uh, that we'll quickly uh, give a bit more time to than the others will be uh, Sting and Darby Allen versus Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Oh my God, Sting was super impressive. Um, I can't believe, especially jumping off that poker chip, mm-hmm. um, the counter for the, the springboard cutter to end the match was also 
uh, quite good. And my favorite moment of this match was when when um, Ethan Page just absolutely launched Darby Allen, like military pressed him from inside of the ring into the crowd, which is obviously like he, his brother was in the crowd at the time. So yeah. uh, there's a few people that were going to catch him and whatever, but it just looked yeah. brutal. Well, there was a few plants over the, over the night. It yeah. was, I think that, that whole side. side was wrestlers. That whole yes. side was wrestlers. So it was, yeah. What'd you make of this, Ash? Sting fan? It was fine. Yeah. Woo! It was fine. <laughs> just fine. Wow. Yeah. Hard man to police. I know. Yeah, he is very hard to police. Very. Yeah, very I'm very. I'm. I'm upset. They should have gone. Sky Page win. Yeah, it's oh, it's so tough. Like I, I think it. It there was definitely an element of it being the first time crowds were back. A lot of you know, first time Sting's Sting wrestling. Yes. Yeah. Triple I think H. Better. I think it would have built yeah. better heat. Triple H should have come out team. with <laughs> with a sledgehammer with, and then the NWO. Generation X. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is everyone else's thoughts? <laughs> I think this um I w- I was disappointed in in the the outcome. I loved the finish. I think the the finish overall was great. Um I love I, I th- maybe I just haven't paid enough attention, but this is the first time I've seen uh Sky and Page's entrance with the I loved their fucking the I don't want to call it a Titan Tron because the WWE, but the fucking the the reel that plays on the screen that I haven't seen that, and I was like, man, that's great. These two are awesome together. I think these two needed a further push. Because I feel like you, you're you just building them up. You need to just keep building them in terms of, like, coming off the back of... Do you guys remember that Scorpio Sky is the face of the revolution? Mm. So, so, quick behind the scenes for this is this was a Tony Khan pair-up after that match Scorpio had and he turned heel. So, it was never planned. Like, Scorpio was turning heel, and then after the fact... Tony Khan said, how would you feel about pairing up Ethan Page? And apparently two of them were like, yeah, like we'll give it a go. And then they've just clicked. Like they've clicked really, I think they're really money well. together. Yeah. I think they're so good together. I think this match would have paid off a lot more if I think my suggested finish for this or kind of overall thing was that just Darby Allen just gets obliterated in the first like half of this match. And it just leaves Sting facing two people by himself for most of the match. And just having this storytelling of, Darby has taken so much punishment over the last like kind of portion of this kind of. Well, even Page nearly actually killed him by throwing him downstairs. So. Yeah, yep. yeah, like he <laughs> threw him downstairs. Ethan Page has done so, like through their feud has been brutal, and Darby Allen just keeps trying to fight, and he's and I thought they were going in that direction, especially with the moment of um, where Sting was trying to lift Darby Allen back in, and Page was stood there like, yeah, throw him into me. That was Go great. on, Sting. Like, I was like, that's fucking cool as shit. Mm. Like, that is such a cool way to build up this heel character for Ethan. And, like, I just think the win for them would do so much more than it's going to do for Darby and Sting. Darby and Sting had their big win at fucking, um, against Team Taz. Revolution. In the street fight at Revolution. Why do they need to win the now? We we all know that Sting can still go now. We it was just for that. Sting. The win's for Sting. To be I know the win's for Sting, but... That could be done at any time, right? Like, that doesn't need to be... On pay-per-view? Right it probably does, to be honest. <laughs> it yeah. probably does. Yeah, but it could On have their quarterly thing. pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> They don't have one next month or the month out. Yeah, like, let's just clear. Yeah. No. Um, they don't have they another one in I a don't week. Know. I just don't... Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. I just don't love... I, I don't love the fact that they needed to give him the win because it's like... It's... Um, so, I, I predicted 
uh, Scorpio and Paige, and that's who I wanted to win as well. Um, This was the one where I'm like, going with my heart and not my head, because I just, like, if it went with my head, Sting and Darby winning is probably the thing that makes the most sense, because as I was talking about, it's like, Sting, he has a wrestle, live crowd, you know, like, it all falls into place. And to be honest, I was like, I have that side where I'm like a little bit disappointed that Scorpio and Paige didn't pick up the win, because I think that that's the best that Scorpio's looked is paired up with Ethan Page. Like, it, that just suits him so well, the two of them. Ethan Page is this fantastic heel character. Like, just such... He has that douchey stuff just standing on the the sides there. Like, at times, he'll just be, like, mouthing things. And all the, like, he has, he has all the subtle things that um you, you truly appreciate. But then um the match was fantastic, and it really was a lot of it down to how good Sting was. Like, the, I think everyone sitting at home watching this or and especially in the crowd because you can see them the moment sting dove off that uh the chip like you look at the crowd people are like what the fuck like because i expected that you know they're like sting's gonna wrestle like sting's gonna pop yeah sting's gonna do a couple (laughs) like he's gonna do a couple moves and then you'll take like a hit and you'll sit out like three quarters of the match and that that'll kind of be it that's how i had it in my head so for, for him to actually wrestle wrestle and look as good as he did in this entire match and be so such an integral part of it that was super surprising um and overall the match was really great and you know i was disappointed that the people i wanted to get the win didn't get the win but at the end there when sting's up on the side and you know cheering and whole crowd's cheering for him and then the fact he pointed over at darby i was like oh kind of this is wholesome i kind of appreciate like like he's like he's doing that like pushing Darby like thing like literally pushing Darby in front of the the live crowd be like cheer Darby you know like he's the he's the guy and all this sort of stuff so I was like you know what whatever fucking yeah I, I thought it was a great match does so. Darby need that though it's like, live isn't like this isn't like sending the rock out to try and save Roman Reigns I think he does like, again because it is Darby's it's one of live the most crowd over wrestlers that they have yeah, but I, I, I think he did because he's he's he did a lot in the last year as well and it's the return of the crowds and he didn't ha- he didn't have this for the entire time he had the belt or anything like that. I uh, and it's also just the icon sting for the first time in front of a live audience going, This this guy's great, you know, like this is my guy. This is the guy I'm I'm mentoring and pushing and like I don't know. I liked it. I didn't I didn't hate it. Yeah, I was also very impressed, sorry, by the him no selling the superplex on the stage and getting up straight away from it. I'm what like, the, oh, the Undertaker AJ Styles like, camera? Undertaker zoom AJ on. Styles, which yeah. I'm like, guys, I see what you're doing here. But on the top of it, I was like, dude, that's fucking impressive to like just no sell that shit and get back up because that would have fucking sucked either way. So good on you. Like, just it just yeah, it showed that he's ready to. F- not be fully active in the ring, but to take part in these matches properly and put his effort in. Yeah, that was a uh, another awesome match that uh, kind of came out of nowhere and um, yeah, definitely surprised me in, in, in a few moments with the splash and then the launching. Um, but a man who did get suplex on the stage and uh, wasn't able to no-sell it because it almost destroyed him was Hangman Adam Page <laughs> in the opening match against the machine, Brian Cage. Um, holy shit, this almost stole the show out, out of the gate. Like, I feel like the, from the buy-in, from Serena and Riho into this, into the box, like, the, this was just, I don't know, it just feels like this is just what AEW does, just has absolutely fire matches. And um, this 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 could have been for the belt as, as a main event style, style match and gave me every faith in 
either one of these people main eventing or carrying AEW on its shoulders at some point. And um, even storyline-wise, uh, it actually had some really good progression with the Team Taz and, you know, Starks and 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 Cage refusing their help. Um, How do you find the match, Ash? And, and what do you think is going to happen going forward with uh, Cage and everything? Yeah, it was obviously a really good match, really good open. I got in the crowd uh, into it. I will say it was kind of weird that it was like daylight. <laughs> it's like really yeah. sunny to start off with. I'm like, this is like seven o'clock or something at night in on the East Coast. It should be dark, right? Uh, it is Florida. It is Florida. The sun stays up longer in Florida. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> probably on daylight savings time or something. Bloody. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think... Anyone who read our article, our predictions, was spoiled because both you and Dylan got it spot on that it played <laughs> out exactly the way he said it would. Uh, of you know, Team Taz coming out to help and Brian Cage refusing, and then you know he gets taken out straight away. Um, but yeah, it looks like definitely there's going to be some dissension amongst Team Taz. You know, potentially I don't know, like a Hobbs. Brian Cage feud or something. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Hobbs doesn't turn up for anything Team Taz lately. He's just all about Christian Cage at the moment. He's obsessed. This, this is where it will be good that they have two shows in a week um, from the start of August because all of a sudden you have, well, Lance Archer needs to get some promo time to stay relevant and actually address his problems. And Team Taz, well, they probably just can't disappear. They need to address this problem. There's so many like little story threads that can't just be forgotten. And sometimes they're like, well, we won't do it this week, but in two weeks' time, then we'll address that. And it feels like, well, fuck, that was a whole two weeks ago. Wouldn't you think this Already is a forgotten. more prevalent thing? Yeah. I feel like they're also in a bit of a weird spot with Team Taz at the moment because I feel like they want to pull the trigger on Brian Cage leaving Team Taz, but at the same time, Ricky Starts has still got neck problems that he's working through, and it's like... He's out so for he like six months, apparently, so they're so not going like to wait. six months gone. Yeah. I don't know if they wait for him, but they draw it out longer because at the minute, it's like, okay, so Starks can't wrestle, so cool. We have Hobbs and Hook. Hook is the equivalent of a fucking stormtrooper from Star Wars. I do not care <laughs> what anybody says. Is that like his Bruce Willis cosplay? Or? He's such a little twerp. It's like, why are you here? Just because your dad is fucking... Uh, Breaking news. Has. Kieran makes fun of child. <laughs> it happens quite often on our podcast, so... Oh, I do. Fucking little kids. Punch. Uh, <laughs> Um, but I thought this match was great. Adam Page getting like busted open and just the like his man, his just face afterwards, like his like teeth just covered in that blood. But that still was on dynamite. Pardon? That was on dynamite. No, it was on. That was on this show. No, he wasn't cut open on blood. It was. It was on dynamite where it was cut open. You're... I swear he got cut open. Was, I know it was only show. two days ago, but. Uh, that was done really? man my brain is Jesus uh... this is Arcade Kieran coming out <laughs> yeah this is Arcade Kieran fuck it's obviously been a long day um, but no this match was just fantastic in general I really did just in, these two like have really good chemistry together I love Brian Cage I want Brian Cage to do more man if only Brian Cage was holding some kind of belt that could have been put up in this to further a storyline or some shit but who knows <laughs> um, but I think this just carries on Page's rise to whatever they decide to have Omega versus uh, Page for the heavyweight title. That would actually be interesting if 
Brian Cage actually put the belt up against somebody. I think so. And then lost it. Because that's the thing. It's only happened... He's only ever put it up in matches which were obvious squash matches. He's put them up on Dark, and they've always been squash matches. I want to see him break away from Team Taz, and then Taz requests the belt back, and And then Brian say no. And then, like, the crusade to get the belt off Cage from Team Taz, and maybe hiring, like, assassins (laughs) to get it (laughs) Assassins. (laughs) And which member of New You're Japan Pro Wrestling is the assassin? Well, it, was, it would be Jeff Cobb. He's the <laughs> okay. high assassin, obviously. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, yeah it's I fuck like, the world. <laughs> I thought this was a yeah, it was a, it was a fantastic match. I, and that's what Buddy was saying before. AEW has this precedent set for their pay per views where it's it's not. I even with an OK match and you know stuff all the really good ones at the end, so people sit through and watch it all. AEW is like, no, open the match with bangers and um, get you hyped from the start. So they always make sure that it's firecracker straight out the gate. And um, Adam Page is always a, a great person to have open your pay per view because he's always going to give it a hundred ten percent. And Brian Cage is always just, I think, for I guess he's always someone who you think could be boring, just muscle dude type wrestler. And I know that's what I thought when he came in because I didn't know much about him, but you know, he's, he's definitely proven that he's a lot more than just the big dude. And that's why I wasn't really including him in the big dude conversations. Cause he, he wrestles with that, um, the Mexican style or whatever, the Lucha Libre influences that he has. So a uh, really great match. Exactly what I thought would happen, which is good because they've sort of been teasing this, uh, Cage leaving Team Taz thing since Revolution, um, since they had that sort of alteration where where uh, they came out in Dynamite and um, Cage stopped them going at Sting again and, you know, he c- congratulated him or whatever and says he respects him and all that stuff and everyone on Team Taz was like, what the fuck? And then you had Starks like, what, 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 what? what? Um, th- oh, and I appreciate how at the end of this when Starks was in the ring and Cage like put his hand up, he's like... The neck, the neck, whatever, you know, like, <laughs> was it like great little touch. I re- really appreciated that. So, yeah, I, I don't think they can wait on Starks to come back to do that sort of feud, but I also don't think they can wait too much longer for having Cage want to leave Team Taz at this point because it just feels like it's sort of right around a the corner. They've already been teasing it for, what, a couple months at this point or whatever since yeah. Revolution. So it's like it's already been long enough. You kind of get there at this point, and I feel like him leaving Team Taz and – if he does a face turn at the same time, I guess he doesn't have to. I guess he could just he could just leave. But if he did a face Join turn, Dark like, Order, yeah, if I be could. their leader. <laughs> oh, poor Dark Order. They have a, they have a leader. It's called uh, Anna J when she comes back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, it was a fantastic match. I, I um, the couple near buckshots there and all that sort of stuff. The I always appreciate when you think the buckshot's going to go off and then someone out plays it some way. And, you know, that's I love when Cage went to do it as well. That was mm. awesome. That and was great. The other highlight yeah. was when uh, actual Page hit an F five. Going for the old doing other people's moves. Who hates that the most? Uh, uh, wasn't it? Wasn't oh, it Anderson, Anderson or someone? <laughs> it was just like the, there's a thing behind the scenes where he hates people doing other people's moves or something like that. Oh really? Yeah, it was huge know. in the uh, ba- like back end of two thousands, like early two thousands. Mm. Yeah. In WWE, but at least they're not winning. Really. They're not winning with other people's moves, so I don't know if it counts. So, yeah. Um, um, I will say Taz on commentary always adds to these matches because I love his freakouts of him being like, "What are you doing, Cage? No, no, no!" <laughs> you just like, just it's it's always like a like a, a different dynamic to just Don Callis, who is a kind of 
a slimy individual. To be fair, he, he, he apparently freaked out so much at Orange Cassidy that Don Carlos started choking on something during the commentary. <laughs> and was like coughing for like 30 seconds straight. So, uh, yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> that was it's great. Just, yeah, no, it, it really helps make those matches. Also, um, Brian Cage should not wear that machine outfit again. The Terminator one? Yeah, the thing he came out on. Didn't look good. Yeah, it was. Looked yeah. like he was wearing aluminium foil. He's worn it before <laughs> um, in other things, so I think it's just carry over from that. Yeah, it was retire it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna send this to him. <laughs> He's not gonna come to Australia. Um, quick thoughts on the battle. <laughs> <laughs> quick thoughts on the battle royale. Disappointment. Mm, it was kind of. Bland. I thought. I thought the battle royale was super fucking messy. I was like, there was just a couple of things. One thing, so the the I really like the stipulation. I really like the card gimmick. I think that's really cool. When you're opening five people, contain three people, which are the only people that have had any like kind of feud or any storyline built into this already in it, and then it just feels like I don't know. It was almost a little bit too predictable like having max caster there so he can do his rap and stuff where it's like this no longer feels random it often feels a bit too on the nose of these are the people like we've handpicked this um and i think the i think the polish in this match was not good in terms of like the in between the entrances i like there were a lot of either like poor storytelling that just didn't happen like, I just, there was not little stories going on, in my opinion. I think a lot of eliminations in the first half got missed. Like, it's almost as if they were rushing eliminations. Like, I didn't realize that Max Caster got eliminated super early. I was like, oh, fuck, he's already gone. Okay, whatever. Um, I just, I think there was a bit of, a bit of kind of, yeah, the inexperience or whoever was producing this and putting it together didn't allocate enough time for this to happen. Um, but... <laughs> Okay, have have your your new uh, legendary wrestler Christian Cage have the tagline "Outwork Everyone." Put him in as the number one entrance, so he has to outwork everyone if he wants to win. But do not have a character personality that has the tagline "Outwork Everyone." And go and lie down for forty five percent of the match, because mm. like, and yeah, then have your and then have your commentators continually point out so he's on the where's Hobbs. Where's 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 Christian? Where's Hobbs? They're still in the match. Where are they? Where are they? It's like we know they're lying on the ground somewhere and taking and chilling out while the rest of this match water. is going on. And that's to be fair, I prefer that. Like, then I prefer that to Randy Orton walking off for thirty minutes into a back room and then just suddenly coming back. <laughs> out of nowhere, like if they are, if they are, lay on the ground somewhere. Just ignore them. Let them so that when they do pop back in, you go the crowd of like the audience member is watching it and going, oh, fuck, this, they're still involved. Yeah, don't draw um, attention to it. It's, it's You can just... say it once, I think. I think you could say it once, maybe. Yeah, but not but, harp yeah, on. No, no, no. It was Paul White. Yeah, I don't mind him saying it once, It was Paul White who kept saying it, and I was like, shut the fuck up, Big Show, we know. Um, I think... Who? Man, did Sorry, they who? give Matt Hardy... Was, who? Was that Paul White? Hardy was that Paul White, did you say? Paul White. And I said okay. Paul White, and then I said he's also the Big Show. Who? We can't. Oh, yeah, sorry, he played the Big Show on the Big Show... Show. Oh, the Big Show show on yeah. Netflix, right. I heard Big that got show. one season yeah, and cancelled. Yeah, 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 it looked all right. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Um, the ending, I Coming was... <laughs> I had predicted Christian Cage working because I'm like, man, having a moniker of Outwork Everyone, him in his first Battle Royale would be great for him to win it because he's going to Outwork Everyone. Yeah, he lost his and edge. Then, 
He did lose his edge. <laughs> right line. But I mean, he did one he better to... than his Royal Rumble appearance, so. Yeah. Yes. He got the most eliminations, so he kind of half outworked everyone. He got four eliminations. Um, the closest other person was Jungle Boy, who got three, and also Matt Hardy, who also got three as well. Yeah. And, hey, can anybody tell me, because the commentators didn't explain this to me, was Isaiah Cassidy in this match at all legally, or was he illegal for the whole thing? Because I feel like, I was like, is this part of the storyline that... No, he was Isaiah's legal. They were all legal. He, he was in. He came with he Hardy. He was in? Yeah. He came with Hardy, but that's the thing that was confusing, where I was like, is he... They came much legal? like how the Varsity Blondes just got paired up and came in the same suit. And Mark One yes. came later. Later. Yeah. Later. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then the ending came, and it got down to Cage and Jungle Boy, and I was like, fuck. They can't have Cage win this. Cage can't win this against Jungle Boy. I don't think that is... Um, I think, even though I, I, I want him to for my prediction to win, I think putting Jungle Boy over is more important here yeah. because Jungle Boy has perpetually been the bridesmaid, never the never the Every Battle Royale. <laughs> Every Battle Royale, he is like the last like one or two. In, like, he's always top three. three and he's always top three and he gets fucking eliminated at the end and you're like, man. And then I was only half like, oh, okay, I'm okay if Jungle Boy wins. And then he did the fucking slickest like- Around the sequence, around the corner on the- Around right. the fucking turnbuckle yeah. post and everything. I was like- all right, I'm fucking sold. This is, all right, you, yep, mm-hmm, you can win this. I'm cool with that. <laughs> win it. The crowd pops off. The crowd are chanting Jungle Boy's theme, and then they have that great moment with um, Christian Cage afterwards of saying, "Go, go get that belt." Which he's not going to go get that belt, Christian. Sorry, that's not how wrestling works. Um, but um, I think, yeah, it, the right person won in the end. Yeah, right person won. Yeah. I was disappointed in the match itself and the layout and everything, but. Uh... Yeah, I I thought the yeah I thought the overall quality was not great. Um, I mean it's it's not any worse than a lot of typical battle royales or anything. They're always like very hit or miss, I guess. So not the end of the world. But I guess as to like the storylines not being there or whatever, the storylines are there. It's just that when the storyline is, it's House of Hardy or whatever it's called, uh, Hardy Front Office. Yeah, I think that's it, right? Hardy Front Office versus like Duck Order and everyone hates him, but then. Like you just have people like Evil Uno running in, and you're like, "Well, he's he he doesn't like Hardy, but, but they don't they really have any like actual like they don't have any personal reason other than their factions no. are against one another. So it's not really and super they engaging. Didn't even have it organized in a way that would allow Dark Order members to be in the ring together. Yeah, like there was Dark Order members were just like people because of how fluid people were getting eliminated. It just felt like a lot of these factions inside the match just couldn't be their factions except for the Matt Hardy front office. Like, they got together, but nobody else was able to. Like, the what well, Dark Order had three different members in this. It had Ten, Colt Cabana, Evil Uno. Yeah, that's And they it. all came in at separate, separate times. times. Yeah. yeah. It's yes. a hard one because you've got... You get five people in, introduced in the match every three minutes, you know? So it's like a sudden influx of people that you can't really you need know, to last be eliminating them to same time, yeah. Yeah, that's true. So it just really just I don't think added up too well. I mean, yeah. Like I I don't yeah, again, I just I don't feel like the storylines weren't there. I just feel like the planning to get the storylines to work and the matches and stuff like that and the pacing of the this to work just didn't 
completely come together. But I was very happy with who won. I was really happy with that last five minutes of Christian versus Jungle Boy, where we just actually got to see this sort of tease of a proper match between the two of them. Um, love Jungle Boy. Can't wait. To, you know, like he's he's not going to win a belt anytime soon, but you know for sure he's going to win a belt at some time in the, or at least several throughout his time in AEW as long as he he sticks around. And any Jungle Boy match is uh, a, a fantastic match. He's like one of the most underrated wrestles there potentially i guess because he sort of always gets shafted to a degree and i'm really excited about kenny versus jungle boy because it's not really a defense he's had so far with the belt and i think the two of them are going to put on a banger did did jungle boy and kenny meet during the title tournament is that something i'm remembering i feel like they've already wrestled once but i can't remember no that was ray and then uh sunny kiss and then penta Uh, yeah 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 yeah. yep yep um also, probably speaks louder than words that we haven't mentioned it. Leo Rush being the uh, the Joker was disappointing. Not because it's Leo <laughs> Rush, because I was like, cool, he had his moment. For me, I don't think it was believable that he was ever a threat to winning it. And he got eliminated extremely quickly. Yeah, if you're going to bring someone in as a special wild card, they need to eliminate at least one person. Should he just did eliminate st- one no. person. He, no. he eliminated... No, he eliminated Zero. Max Quayne. No, because Jungle Boy no, did that. Zero. That's right. He didn't oh, yeah, anyone. no. Yep. Rip. He just had his, uh, you know, uh, like kind of running around, going through people's legs because he's small kind of gimmick. And it's, yeah. I don't mind it. I mean, we can't always have the surprise entrance be someone huge and they win or they get second or, you know, like whatever. So you gotta you got to keep us guessing because at least, you know, having someone like Leo Rush come in, you're like, okay, well. It's not always going to be a, a winner or someone that steals the show or something. Yeah. I think it should be. I think it'd be better if the Joker card isn't doesn't abide by the same rules as the rest of the card system. So I instead of the Joker coming out last, the Joker, the Joker can Joker run in whenever they want and make that pass. Could story. come in at random throughout the entire match. Yeah, I think cool. would be would be a way cooler thing because it's no longer like. Because it's almost like uh, position 30 in the Royal Rumble is always the most disappointing position because it's the last person in the match. You know that after that person comes out, nobody else is coming out. So if your favorite wrestler hasn't come out yet, they're not coming out anymore. Rey Mysterio. And yeah, Rey Mysterio instead of Daniel Bryan a couple years ago. Um, So it's like, so having the Joker person being that last thing, when the match is kind of lukewarm, not very great, when you have his him as the Joker, which are like audience members would be like, cool, we we have an unknown participant still to come. Maybe that is going to make me pop real high and get really invested in this match. And when it doesn't, it just kind of my um a, my question yeah. was he ever well known at in his WWE so times? Or Leo no? Rush was so Leo Rush had a really big uh, was really big in the Indies, then went to WWE. Um, had a really good run on NXT into 205 Live. Love that then, show. Then had some an ego problem, so he kind of got uh, shunned a little bit by the locker room, then became Bobby Lashley's manager for a period of time and didn't really wrestle. And then I think he just kind of petered out and he got... He got let go in and part of the COVID stuff. And he was be, and he's been building back up in New Japan and in, on the Indies. Yeah, I was about to say because I've only watched, I've only watched him in New Japan, and um, he's he's done some GCW stuff. Like he showed up randomly at Joey Janela's Spring Break last year and challenged yes, him and stuff that was, like that. Joey Janela's Spring Break was, 
I think one of his first. Yeah, was, I think that was one of his. Yeah. So, but obviously, I've never I seen his WWE stuff. I've just seen this stuff post WWE. His WWE stuff's okay. <laughs> Apparently, he has a really bad ego backstage, or he used to have a really bad ego. I, bad I, ego. I love uh, that he's potentially backstage uh, at the same time Mark Henry is. <laughs> Based on all the uh, the comments they, uh, they both have, have had, that's true uh, that's across true, the internet. I, I kind of like that. So, yeah, and that's pretty also, much it. We ra- wrapped Mark up all Henry the matches. Off. There you go. Nothing else to talk about. We're not talking about the American dream. <laughs> oh, Cody, of course. <laughs> oh, the egomaniac, go. Cody Rhodes. Uh, oh, you oh. know what? I don't think it's... I, I don't even think it's egomaniac for Cody. Nah, I'm, 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 I'm just joshing with you. Just um, joshing? Just yeah. joshing? Just, just blind in with all the Twitter marks? And the, like, yeah, so we've probably got five or ten minutes to wrap up uh, the Cody match and, and then overall thoughts and, and the predictions and everything, but... Um, Ash, C- Cody Rhodes versus Anthony Gogo. You tipped a Gogo. Yeah. Um, obviously, I forgot it was a out. Memorial Day over in America. As soon as you know, <laughs> as soon as they started like doing military, like cool, like tributes and stuff. I'm like, shit. Uh, Cody's not losing this. Uh, I don't know why I even did <laughs> did the brought out the American because dream because it would be the I smarter th- choice. I think if you were going to do it, you needed to go full. Super American Patriot, even though Dusty was never, from memory, ever super Wait, American. Wasn't, you know, what? What could he have done to be more American Patriot? Did you hear his promo? Like, <laughs> you know, he could have been waving an American ago, flag or... afterwards. You know, he, he like Dylan predicted he would do the bionic elbow and like nothing. I did as well because I was like, man, it'd be so fucking cool if he does the bionic yeah. elbow into the crossroads. That'd be such a cool fucking finish. I mean, we got a cool it finish, was a but vertebraker, yeah. but sure. Could have come out with like a cheeseburger. Yeah, <laughs> I won't say all my other jokes. Yeah, um. <laughs> yeah. I, my my quick thoughts. It was uh, a bad match. Uh, the storyline was meh. I didn't even hate Cody's original promo um, as much as the rest of the internet did. You know, like the American Dream and all that sort of stuff. Like I was like, I didn't love it, but I was still just like, okay, what? Like I, a lot of the you know the internet sort of caught fire at that point. A go go was. Okay, I guess the, it's hard to f- forget that this is uh, the first time we've seen him do anything other than just one punch people and um, win the match that way. So he was okay, I guess. But otherwise, this seemed like it should have, in my opinion, this should have been the buy-in and Serena should have been on the card. <laughs> like, that's how I would fix this. <laughs> they couldn't do that, though. But they could. They you can do they anything. They could have, but they couldn't do it. But at the same time, I think what kind of probably would have helped the rest of the show's momentum is if they had just stuck this on second match and then have the young, the tag match straight after this as you'll pick me up straight away mm. instead of having that kind of a lull. Because I think having this match before the the Battle Royale probably didn't help the Battle Royale very much because we were already feeling a bit meh. Um, I, I really hate the patriotism storyline in wrestling. I fucking hate it. It's actually so... Especially like American wrestling, because the American wrestler is never going to lose. If it's if it's supposed to be a one-off wrestling match, you're never going to lose. If it's a feud where you're like, oh no, the 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 foreigner is going to win one, you're like, okay, you're building. But when you start when you decide that for the one match only, you're going to call yourself the American Dream, the pay per view set on Memorial Day weekend, you are doing a big veterans thank you beforehand and you're doing a video package dedicated to the military and to the veterans and 
you're coming out and you're wearing an American kind of outfit and jacket, which, not, not gonna lie, jacket was kind of fucking fire. I kind of love the jacket. Uh, it was like, man, this is like Hulk Hogan and it's like, it's just, it's not good. I don't outdated. like it. I think it takes, yeah, it's very outdated. Um, and, and it's just based on, you know, not to go too deep in American culture, but they're kind of how nat- nationalistic they are with the Americanisms of being free and, and everything is just, um, yeah, it makes these storylines really shit. If they didn't have that storyline, Anthony and Gogo should have gone over because it would have built his character up a hell of a lot more. And Cody isn't opposed to putting young talent over. Yep. He's done it in the past. He's done a fantastic job of doing it in the past. Um, it's just the fact that it was all this... Can't lose on... Can't lose the American fight this week. Can't... America pay-per-view can't next week? Could have done it a go-go. Pay-per-view this week? No, go-go-go-go. <laughs> you've been sitting on that one haven't you yeah. um a go-go hitting an olympic slam was a cool little nod to uh kurt and everything i thought um some of his suplexes and stuff was like cool uh didn't expect uh him to hit some Decent of frog splash well. the frog splash was mm. really good his height on that frog, frog splash was really good. Like yeah. I was like, man, you fucking yeah, you nailed that. It was great. Uh, and of course, my favorite moment of the match was the end when Cody actually won with a vertebraker. Shout out to uh, one of my favorites of all time, uh, Sugar Shane Helms or Gregory Helms from uh, the WCW um, days, the, the Hurricane. Yes, I saw. Uh, I, I saw you went dug you? dug for your tweets to find uh, <laughs> the Sunny Kiss <laughs> the last from like a year ago. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I love the vertebraker. Um, that's probably one of my favorite moves. It used to be my creator wrestler as a finishing move um, as well. So I think I did that to one of my friend's brothers um, through their couch, and I broke their couch. Oh, good and, one. Uh, yeah. Classic. Couch breaker. Couch breaker. Almost, <laughs> Not a vertebraker. Almost killed, almost killed, killed somebody. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, what a move. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I guess let's go to the predictions. Have you tabulated the, the results there, Dylan? For no. our, uh, I have the double or nothing. I have the 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 winners. We'll get f- look look forward to overall total scores, but matches. Uh, it's myself and Buddy at nine out of ten predictions mm-hmm. for wins. Right, Kieran ended up with seven. So did Mikey Ball. It seems. Uh, Ryan got s- uh, eight. Sorry, Kieran and Mikey Ball got eight. I was going to say seven. Yeah, no, what sorry. else did I get? Uh, and then Ryan got <laughs> seven. And then in last place, Ash only got six out of ten. Total Can I say it's so great to have like a predictions thing that Ashley is fucking terrible at? <laughs> no. It is, it is enjoyable. <laughs> you know, just boring. That's what it was. Yeah. So predictable. <laughs> so predictable. You know. Well. Luckily for you, Ash, this is an Explosion Network canon, so um, I guess you can continue yeah. to be undefeated. No, it's part of the Explosion champion. Network universe. It's part of the but- the the, expo- the no the the en. It- E-U. E-N-U, yeah. The N-U, yep, sure. N-U, whatever. Uh, who knows? N-U. <laughs> um, overall pay-per-view thoughts, uh, what would you give it out of 10? Ash, I'm going to put you on the spot on the pressure, uh, first off. Maybe a 7.5. I think four hours was long, I think. That was the other thing we didn't kind of talk about, but four hours plus the buy-in. That was a lot of wrestling for one night. I think yeah, it could have. It is, but it's it a lot now. of good wrestling. <laughs> yeah, it's great wrestling. But- at least they don't have to. At least they don't have that many matches. They have to split it across two nights. Yeah, thank God. Kieran? And make that a norm. Um, eight point five for me. I thought 
Um, majority of his matches were really high caliber and really fucking good. I think it just had that small lull in the middle there that was um, the Cody Rhodes into the Battle Royale match. Um, and the Stadium Stampede had a couple bit of a bit of a miss in certain spots. So 8.5, definitely fantastic. Um, I think the score does not represent some of the like kind of the high tier matches. I'm looking forward to Lord Meltz's stars for several of the matches, but um, yeah, we, we will see. 15. I agree with that score. I'm also an 8.5 for exactly all the reasons you just said. So uh, thank you for saying that, Kieran. So I could just I got agree. you. I got you, buddy. No worries. See that? It takes two. Um, Dylan? <laughs> we we built that relationship up. Um, yeah. I'm at an eight. I'm going at I'm going eight. I, you were on the Metacritic. Yeah, sorry. Um, I I actually think I could I could nearly go 7.5 like Ash, but there's just... Uh, I, I enjoy more of it probably than he does as someone who actually watches AEW on a weekly basis. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think the the poor pacing of the Sheeta match kind of brings it down. The Cody match brings it down. The... The stadium stampede not being all that great brings like the there's just there's a few things like there was there was three great matches and then there was a handful of okay matches and then there was a few disappointing ones so yeah I'm gonna go with an eight but as always when AEW does great matches they're really fucking great matches so yeah and AEW's eight is like whew, other promotions like tens. <laughs> Only tens. Tens of tens. Impact. I'm talking about impact. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, cool. So that pretty much wraps it up. Uh, Thank you once again for all of you joining me uh, on this AEW pay-per-view review journey like we do every quarter. Um, You can find myself over at Twitter at BuddyWatson12, the show at RadioWatson underscore. If you liked it, uh, you can check out the show on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, and all good podcast services. If you're on an iOS device, you can go over on the podcast app and leave us a review. Uh, if you've made it this far and you don't like wrestling, kudos. Oh, wow. Thank you. Shout outs. Um, and uh, yeah, and if you are a wrestling fan and enjoy other stuff uh, across the pop culture, uh, zeitgeist of your movies, games, music, um, hopefully there'll be something more in the, this uh feed for you to enjoy um ash kieran dylan you're all from the explosion network uh we'll give you the uh the plug this time kieran i think dylan gives us this half-ass plug where just go to the website see everything and then ash goes like yeah yeah do this 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 i want to hear your plug for the explosion network sure sure um listener i'd like you to take a hot second just to um just to open up your phone maybe your laptop maybe uh asmr you have one nearby and a pc um, go to uh, explosionnetwork.com slash socials or links. I think it's links. It's links, isn't it, guys? Is it links? And it's the last time I throw to Kieran for any type of plug. Uh, Ash, uh, where can you find the Explosion Network? Uh, you can find all of our content over explosionnetwork.com. If you want to find all of us on Twitter, you can go to explosionnetwork.com slash Twitter. And if you want to help us out, uh, head over to explosionnetwork.com slash support us. You can find a bunch of links to help us out. <laughs> Thank you very much. That was very professional of you. You can find Ash over on Twitter at Ashley Hobley. Uh, Kieran at your boy Ringo. Um, still in tears. <laughs> Just get better at that, please. Just appear on more podcasts. Uh, and Dylan at Viva La Dill. Uh, thank you once again for all joining me. And uh, yeah. I always look forward to our... What's, a, what's every three months? What's the term for three... Uh, try try monthly quarterly quarterly, quarterly. quarterly. Tri-centennial, I always look right? forward to our quarterly AEW Radio Watson appearance you know <laughs>
Yeah. <laughs> or for you, like, every week. Uh, <laughs> <on> the- <laughs> behalf of Dylan, Kieran, Ash, and myself, this is... Uh, and Buddy Watson. This is Rachel Watson. Out. See you next time. Keep watching wrestling, I guess. Wow. <laughs> 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 <laughs>